Origin Gates is a proud supporter and endorser of The Nest. Before you get into today's podcast, I wanted to tell you of an exciting new school offered by The Nest. It's called Voices of Torah and it will be run by Carl Whitehead. This school is specifically for you if you've ever wondered what your purpose in life is. If your destiny was written before one of your days came to be, then surely there must be a way to discover what was written. And there is. Each of us was born on an ordained day, at an ordained time, and in an ordained year. None of this was by accident. There is a birth portion assigned to you based on these factors. Carl will take you on a journey of discovering your birth portion and how that aligns with your scroll. He'll give you the keys and resources to access that blueprint. Your life will have new meaning when you discover your purpose. This school will run for nine months from the 9th of January until the 1st of October 2021. You will have two sessions per week. One will be to work through that week's Torah portion and the other session will be an interactive Zoom call where you can discuss what you've learned with your teacher and begin to form community with other students. You will learn how to extract revelation from the word, how to ask the right questions and ultimately how to understand why you are motivated as you are because it's all about the scroll. For more information, please visit www.thefoundationnest.com and click on the tab called Voices of Torah. We look forward to welcoming you to the Nest soon. Welcome guys to Origin Gates weekly podcast called Wisdom's Echo and this is your host again Stephen McKee. Today I just want to briefly talk about the courtroom but this is really just practical advice, it's really a practical application and particularly concerning the blood and how the blood speaks on your behalf. So let me just read from Zechariah 3 to begin. Because this is an uh, an account of something that happened in the courtroom concerning Joshua the high priest. And it's from Zechariah 3, verse 3 to verse 10. And it says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. Think of the language, accusation, the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, Put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with the angel of the Lord stood by. Sorry, while the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And I love these next verses. It's so powerful. If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements or commandments, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you a place among these standing here. Listen, High Priest Joshua, you and your associates seated before you 
who are men symbolic of things to come. I am going to bring my servant the branch. See, the stone I have set in front of Joshua. There are seven eyes on that one stone, and I will engrave an inscription on it, saith the Lord Almighty, and I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. And that day, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit under your vine and fig tree, declares the Lord Almighty. See, what God is doing in these days is raising up people who know how to engage in the heavenlies, as I've mentioned before, and how to engage in government, heavenly government, as a new nation, a holy nation. And part of that is the courtroom. Like, every nation has a courtroom, and we have a courtroom, a heavenly courtroom. And in this courtroom is an example, and it even says in verse, what was it? I forget what verse it is, but it says to Joshua that you're in a, you're symbolic of what is to come. So something in the future is is being um, revealed here in this scripture, and this is to do with the courtroom. But the main aspect that happens in the courtroom, sometimes you hear people calling it the mobile court, isn't us asking for things to do with our nations or regions or or the cosmos or universe. You see, it's got to begin with us individually first. It's got to begin at an individual um, an individual basis first. It's got to begin with us being cleansed, us being changed. And that's what you see with Joshua. He was standing here and he had filthy clothes on. And he was given new clothes. That represents the gospel. That's him being forgiven of his sin. That's given a cloak of righteousness. That's where the, the blood cleanses him and he is changed. And... If we're going to be used mightily by the Lord, if we're going to be willing in the day of his power, if we're going to be used as the mature sons on the earth who God uses to bring in a new nation, who God uses to bring in his kingdom, who God uses to change the cosmos, to change the universe, because remember, all creation is groaning for us to be manifested. And we need to learn how to humbly go to the courtroom and be changed and be challenged and humble ourselves and admit our sins and let God change us. And really, the core is where we deal with our stuff. It's not really where we deal with other stuff to do with the nations and all the rest of it. You see, God can take us into all those realms, all those courtrooms, whatever you want to call them. But he needs us to deal with ourselves first. It begins with us. It begins with our heart. It begins by us being changed. Because if we are not changed into the image of Christ, we will not be able to govern properly or as we should. And actually, we could be very dangerous. And really, the position we should have, the the, the state of being we should be in is, is humble like David. And in Psalm 139, 23 to 24, this is where I pray in the courtroom. And this is practical. You can step into the courtroom and just pray this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So, practically, like Joshua, he stepped into the court. Then he was accused. But then he was given new clothes. And he was given a new turban, which represents the mind of Christ, because it covered his head, it covered his mind. The new clothes is like a robe of righteousness. So we need to go here to be cleaned. So you step into the court by faith, very simply. Remember, the court isn't a formula. This is so important. It's another realm. 
It's, you got to get into the spirit first, get into his presence, worship him, be still before him, speak in tongues, like enter his courts with thanksgiving, get into his presence, because this is another realm. It's not just a formula, in fact, it's not a formula. So yeah, I step into the court, I always honour the court, I honour the court system, I honour the judge, God is the judge, I honour our advocate, who is Jesus, and... What I often do is I'll present myself to him and I'm, I pray that prayer of David, search me, O oh God, is there anything in me that needs to be changed? Because I don't want any hindrance, I don't want anything that hinders the Lord moving in me and changing me. And then sometimes, for example, I could present my dreams, my scroll to him. If you don't know what a scroll is, it's our destiny. It's the book that's written about us before we were ever born. And we have a perfect plan that God, Yahweh, has in his heart for you and me. Present it to him and ask God to judge everything that hinders you fulfilling your scroll. Anything. And if there's any accusations against you, like there might, you might just feel it in your spirit, you might see it, agree with the accuser quickly. Remember, it might be your accuser, sorry, it might be your ancestors who've committed some sin because the enemy can see our bloodline. He can see where in our bloodline there's been something came in and it's gave legal right to the enemy. So if you get an accusation and you think, I've not done that, maybe you haven't, but maybe someone in your generational line has. So agree with the accuser, be humble, confess the sin, renounce it. It could be in your DNA that Satan sees that, that, that thing that's wrong. Um, repent and renounce your sins and ask God for a divorce from that thing. This is just a simplistic, very, very basic introduction. But the next part I want to focus on is while we are there, in Hebrews 12.22, and this is the governmental realm of heaven, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge. See, this is the courtroom. The judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So in the courtroom, in this governmental realm, where there's angels, where there's Jesus, our advocate, where there's a judge, the blood speaks. So I want to ask a simple question. What does the blood say? Abel's blood cried out and it spoke and it asked for revenge. But Christ's blood does not ask for revenge. It asks for mercy for you and for me. So when you're in the court, when you have been judged, ask God to divorce you from any wicked thing, any hindrance. Remember, this courtroom's all about you dealing with your stuff. So any stuff that comes up, you just repent, you, you confess your sin, ask God for a divorce from it, get the papers so that you've got a verdict saying you're forgiven and no more condemnation can come to you. you you've, you've shut that legal door for the enemy to touch you. But then let the blood scriptures speak over you because the blood speaks. So I'll just go through some, some verses and as you're in this place, let the blood speak over you, because the blood is speaking to your being, and it's changing you. First of all, the blood forgives. 
Matthew 26 to 28, it says, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So if you did something wrong or whatever, sinful, you're forgiven. You need to receive that. No more condemnation. Number two, it gives life to those who drink it. John 6.53 says, Jesus said to them, Verily, truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But the other side of it is, if you drink his blood, you have life. You have fullness in you. Health. Number three, the blood causes us to dwell in Christ and he in us. And that is John 6, 56. It says, He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I in him. That's divine union. Because of the blood, you can be in union. We are separated when we sin and all the rest of it, but we can be in union because of the blood that speaks in the courtroom. The next one is the means by which Jesus became our atonement. And that's Romans 3.25. I won't go through all of that. Atonement means at one man, at one with God, at one with Yahweh. No separation, no division. But we are with him and he is in us. Number six. It justifies us and saves us from the wrath to come. Like there is a wrath to come. In Romans 9 it talks about the wrath to come. It says, Romans 9... So Romans 5 verse 9, much more then, because we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from God's wrath. Any wrath, any judgment that's fallen upon the peoples of the world, nations, wherever it might be, you are saved from that because of the blood and the blood speaks to you in the courtroom. Number 7, it redeems. Ephesians 1 7, 1 Peter 1 verse 18, etc. It talks about we are redeemed. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trans trespasses. Redemption, redemption of our bodies, redemption of our souls. We are totally redeemed. We are brand new creatures. We are a new creation because of the blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. Number eight, it brings those who are far away from God near to him. That's Ephesians 2.13. You're brought near. Number, or it, it might be ten. I forget what number I'm at now. It grants us the forgiveness of sins. We've already got that. The next one, it brings peace and reconciliation to God. If you need shalom, you need peace in this time. Go before him in the court. Ask him to cleanse you and forgive you. Just own it. Be honest and humble and let the blood speak to you. The next one, it cleanses our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It cleanses us from religious effort so that we don't need to keep doing things to be accepted. It cleanses us from that religious spirit of just keeping having to do things. The next one is, it's, is the means by which we enter the most holy place with boldness. This is Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, we can get into the holy of holies because of Jesus, because of the blood. The next one, it sanctifies us and prepares us for union. It cleanses us if that's what we need. The next one, it equips us for every good work. It equips you for your scroll. And that is um, Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Because of the blood, you can fulfill your scroll. It says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, 
who brought you back from the dead, O Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. His will is your scroll. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. So he works in us everything that we need so that we can fulfill our destiny. Guys, that's just a few of the blood scriptures because in the courtroom, as you step in there, first of all, you're accused. You've got to accept it. You've humbled yourself. You ask for forgiveness. You ask for a divorce. And then let the blood speak over you. Get blood scriptures. Get scriptures about the blood. Take communion even. Because communion is a key to the future. Communion is a key to us being transformed and changed. Communion is like, it's going to be one of the most powerful tools that we use during times of crisis and disease and all sorts. And we will be able to remain in divine health because of the blood. So guys, this was just a simple practical, just to let you know about the courtroom and the blood. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and hope you, you listen to the, the, the next ones that are coming soon.